our financial stewardship program for this year, as I hope by now most of you have realized, is known as Consecration Sunday. The Consecration Sunday program, and I truly believe it is one of the best programs of financial stewardship being used throughout the ecumenical church in our era, is based on two ideas or events. The first and most important is that it is a spiritual program. It is not a program around fundraising. The basic understanding is that each of us have been created in the image of God. And being created in God's image, there is at the core of us, at the essence of us, an orientation towards God. And that we cannot, because of that, live the most meaningful and purposeful life that can be lived. We cannot indeed be fulfilled unless our live lives are filled with love and sharing. We cannot be fulfilled unless we share generously in a manner like unto the way God has shared with us. It is a spiritual program. The second element of Consecration Sunday is a catered meal. In our case, a catered brunch after the 8 o'clock service and a catered lunch after this 10 o'clock service next Sunday. Why a catered meal? Because we don't want half of you in the kitchen. And half of you, or some percentage, unable to participate fully in consecration. If the program is about being holy as God is holy, if it is about consecration, then we need, as a community, to be able to get together and celebrate that we can live consecrated lives in God's service and to fully experience what that is about. Now, we know not all of you will be able to be here next Sunday. As a matter of fact, I won't be able to be here next Sunday. Our grandchild, our grandson, is being baptized in Ireland next Sunday, and that seemed like the right place to be. But those of you who are in town, I hope you will gather with the rest of this community to celebrate your life, your work together, and your service to God. It is going to be a wonderful time together.
Another minor part of Consecration Sunday as a program is that the week before Consecration Sunday, the rector is to give a stewardship sermon. Now, I need to tell you that my understanding of stewardship is such that I believe everything I do, anything any of us does after we say yes to Jesus is about stewardship, is about using who we are, the gifts, the time we have, and our financial resources for bringing in the kingdom. But this is not just a stewardship program, it's a financial stewardship program. And because neither clergy nor lay people like for us always to be talking about money in church, I give only one sermon a year about financial stewardship. It's the sermon I call the Sermon on the Amount. (laughs) And that's what you're about to hear, the Sermon on the Amount. So as a young boy, I grew up from age nine on in Japaqua, Mount Kisco, New York, not far from here. And our family became active in St. Mark's, Mount Kisco. I had a rough time as a young boy. When I moved into fourth grade, I couldn't read, write, add, or subtract. I was the dummy. St. Mark's welcomed me. They learned my name. I was recognized there. And they asked me to do important things, to be an acolyte at the altar, to help decorate the church at Christmas, to ring those two, four, and six-ton bells in the belfry and to bring the gathered food to the poor. It was the one place I felt really welcomed and valued. And it wasn't long till I began to notice that that was because the church was about God, and God loved and valued loves and values all of God's children, even those who can't read and write. And I realized that I felt so welcome in that place because those people claimed God's ministry and were caring to me as they believed God cared for me. You know what? I need to tell you, it was really a wonderful place. It wasn't until years later till I realized why. When the walls of the old parish started crumbling and the rector started being about raising money for the new church, the wealthy folk 
who lived in the hills of Bedford, wanted the church built in the hills of Bedford. And the rector fought that because he knew the poor people then couldn't come to church. And he fought that fight for 12 years until he won it. So even in the 50s, it was a place of wonderful diversity. The janitor and the gym coach from one of the local schools were members. There was a carpenter. Some of the African Americans who literally at that time could only live on the other side of the tracks could walk to church. There were two men we knew as the bachelors. It wasn't until well into high school till I figured out what that was about. And in that crowd also was the president of American Can and one of the senior vice presidents of J.P. Morgan. It was a wonderfully diverse place where I learned about the world and was invited to be a leader in that community. Well, I remember one fall when they started doing the Ever Member Canvas. I said, this place gives me love and joy and I want to thank God for that and I want to support this community, and I want to be part of this ministry. So I asked for a pledge card at age 11 or 12. I must have been making maybe 13 to $20 a week cutting lawns and babysitting and painting fences. But I wanted to give back, and so I started giving two or three dollars a week as a way to thank God for that place and its ministry and so I could be part of it. Giving out of gratitude and joy and love like that was probably the high point of my walk in Christian financial stewardship. I then went through a process that many of us have gone through. I went off to college. I went to seminary. Then I fell away from the church. And when I came back, I was still giving two or three dollars a week. By then, my income had raised to maybe thirteen or fourteen thousand dollars a year but I was still giving two or three dollars a week. And I was, like many American adults, my stewardship program was tipping rather than tithing. The check I wrote to the church was the last check after all the other bills had been paid instead of the first. I was giving out of obligation, not out of gratitude 
and joy. And about that time, the church I was working for invited a leader from the diocese to come and invite us into what was then called the Alabama Plan of Financial Stewardship. The young man who was our leader told us his story that he realized early in his ministry that he was tipping and not tithing, paying the church what was left over and doing it out of obligation and not out of joy and gratitude. He said he was then invited into a time of prayer and reflection. He looked at who he was as a servant of God. He looked at what the Bible said about giving, giving proportionally, giving first, giving sacrificially, generously, and how important this was for a servant of God. He said it was a conversion experience for him. He, like the rest of us, like that slave who hid his talent in the ground, buried it because he was afraid, was afraid to think about giving a tithe, a tenth of his income. How would his family survive? But he prayed and he studied and he was in conversation with other Christians. And finally, he started a process, very slowly, a percent a year, moving closely or more closely to the tithe. He said it was an incredible conversion. It helped him set priorities in his life. It helped him know that he was doing right even as he made many mistakes. It helped him know that he was serving even when he was falling short. And so my wife and I looked at the same questions. And one of the things that I think is so wonderful about the Consecration Sunday program is, is that it is challenging each of you to do exactly the same thing. To think about who you are as a servant of God. And then to look at that blue sheet, which is again in the bulletin this morning, and figure out where you are in your financial giving. Are you giving proportionally? At what proportion are you giving? And then it asks you to stop and think and pray where God would like you to be. If this is a spiritual journey, 
Financial giving is an important part of that journey. Where are you? You know, it hasn't always been an easy walk. I've still gotten in financial trouble from time to time. But when I wake up in the morning, even though I know yesterday was one of my donkey days, and I hurt a person or destroyed something I was trying to build, that an important part of my life, I am working on God's priorities and trying to be faithful to God's call. We all know these are difficult times, and you're not asked by God or your parish to be imprudent. But we know that your lives will be more fulfilled when you know you are giving in response to God's call, sacrificially, proportionally, meaningfully. And we challenge you to think and pray about this in the week ahead. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord.